I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm really excited. Uh, we've had uh, Jim Hancock as a regular commentary uh, provider here on the Price of Business show for quite some time. He's incredibly savvy in the technology space. And uh, recently he has uh, uh, begun to join us to do actual interviews on a regular basis about his research and work in the technology space. He's a leading authority in this in this space. His website, by the way, is jlhancock.com. That's jlhancock.com. He's an author. Uh, he's an author of uh, primarily uh, novels, in fact, uh, that deal a lot with uh, issues that relate to technology and national security and a lot of these issues. And during his time in the military, Jim worked away in the dark, dark corners of the government intelligence communities. He learned two Asian languages and eventually conducted over 100 combat operations with special operations forces in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Philippines. And so he has a fascinating background. Um, love having him on the program. Love doing this work with him. And, again, you can learn more about him at jlhancock.com. So I'm having JL on the program. Always glad to be able to visit with him. Really one of my go-to people when it comes to all things technology. He's an author extraordinaire with an incredible background in uh, the uh, technology space as it relates to military and governmental uh, areas. And so JL, always love having you on the program. A lot going on in the uh, Middle East that's creating an interesting story that I think segues really well with our topic today, uh, which is use controls as first responders to mitigate risk. That uh, kind of ties exactly. I don't know when you had that topic in mind, uh, but it ties in exactly with what's going on with Hamas and Israel right now. So as always, welcome to the show. Uh, before we get started, you mentioned your website time. I, I, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, but go ahead and mention your website one more time. Yeah, my website is jlhancock.com, uh, where you can find out more. You can find a blog. I have blog posts there about some of the technology that I write about. You can also find uh, my most recent book, The Hawk Enigma. Yeah, and I know from listeners, they are geeking out uh, whenever uh, we have you on. We get great feedback because you're taking some pretty heady stuff but making it extremely accessible to people uh, and, and talking about stuff that I think a lot of people go – I wonder about dot, 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 and you bring it up. And so we have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun, but I know the audience does too. So set the stage for Yeah, so using the drone as a first responder concept is something that's kind of developed in the past few years, but it's something that I know that I was playing with a lot going all the way back to 2016. And the concept is instead of placing humans at risk, you are putting the drone there instead. But most of the time when people think of a drone, they think of it as something to fly ahead of you to get a visual of the area uh, at high altitude or something like that to basically do in warfare we refer to as intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance or ISR. However, with the development of new technology, there's ways of employing that that can change the game for how you are really searching areas. And this is actually directly related to what's happened shortly after the Hamas attack in Israel. You're seeing several different variants of the way that they've been responding with it. One is that the drones have been sent into buildings first before they sent people in to give them what's called situational awareness or to identify what's going on inside the building. And the drones will fly in 
and then they will search do initially to determine where the where the threats are or where people may be hiding without putting the is the soldiers at risk that are that might have will have to run in there afterwards to go and clear the building out and the drones are being used as a buffer between the potential threat and the individuals going in and now there's several layers to this that are extremely um uh helpful for everyone involved and i can give a number of different historical examples to include things going back to 2020 like with Brianna Taylor as well as with what's happening in in Israel and with Hamas and the biggest benefit is this if you are going to a building and you don't know what's inside and you want to be able to see what's going on and there's two sides of the conversation there is the concern for the individuals that are inside who are who are innocent in the particular inner altercation and then there are the police or soldiers that are trying to go in both people want a means of interacting with each other that doesn't involve just using guns right and so the drone right. can go in and with the benefit of these newer technologies is they can make decisions for themselves on the edge if the drone can go in and say i need to turn right or i need to turn left it can see the environment and they can in real time let people know on the outside what's going on in there they can also map the environment and create a three-dimensional image of what's going on in there and so if you go in most of the time the concern that you have is one of two situations if you've done like a call out where you've told everyone to come out of the building you have one of two potential situations in there the people remaining are either hostile or they're infirmed and if they're infirmed and unable to come out on their own accord you don't want to go in their guns blazing because you don't want to injure somebody that's completely innocent in the altercation but if you go in there knowing where the hostile individuals are located you know at what level of aggression you need to do so you also know what options you have and that actually puts more people it makes it much safer for the individuals involved and this is actually one way in which those drones are being employed directly to deal with whether it be the hostage situations or it be they need to hastily run into a building to search for potential threats on the Israeli side to determine where Hamas is located and we're seeing that on a number of different levels both um on the first responder side as well as on the military <clears throat> side. Yeah, I'm assuming this is going to be used on a massive scale when it comes to those tunnels that uh, that uh, Hamas is famous for in Gaza. Yes, absolutely. And there are uh, the tunnels are very interesting because they go all the way back to um Hezbollah and there are connections with other countries that have helped develop and design those um because they were using them extensively in Lebanon in the past and so using them uh, now when you're trying to go into a space like that the last thing you want to do is have a person running in there not knowing what's inside and yeah so the drones definitely have an application in those particular spaces yes and I'm assuming. I mean, it's a kind of a dumb question, but you know, should be asked. Um, it, it has heat sensing ability, not just merely visual. And so, in other words, if they figured out if Moss figured out how to uh, keep the lights out, uh, these uh, drones could pretty easily. Um, almost by default, most drones nowadays are using both electro optical and infrared. Um thermal yeah. is also an option but IR effectively does fit in the thermal spectrum um to an extent I mean you you're going to see heat variance in infrared but you also have the ability to swap out payloads on those meaning you can put different types of cameras to include an actual direct thermal camera Yeah and it's interesting cuz you know the media has been talking about how 
how, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's not an advantage for Hamas, uh, one of the few Hamas advantages in this situation, but I think they've overplayed the advantage of the tunnel uh, because of this technology. And no one seems to be talking about the ability to navigate it. Uh, frankly, I think we're one of the few media that has. Yeah. No, the, um, it, it, the, the technologies that were developed were specifically for those use cases. Um, when I started helping develop those technologies back in 2016, everyone was very concerned about North Korea for that exact same reason. And uh, I myself was a Korean analyst for years, and one of my biggest concerns was what if we had to go into a land-based war into a country like that? With It has literally the largest subterranean infrastructure on the planet. Are we going to send people inside? And the answer is um, no, not at first. <laughs> You're going to find a way to get in with other other systems and, and unmanned systems, uh, uncrewed systems or drones are definitely the way to do that. That's really what they were designed for. And you're going to start seeing, they might not talk about it too much, but you're going to see that type of thing proliferating. Yes, yes. And I think that, uh, you know, in this front, uh, I'm assuming either Hamas has nothing like this ability or if they do, it's on a very, very small scale. Yeah, not. No, I, I would say not on the autonomous level. You can do manual flight, meaning they can just fly small drones inside, but not not to the extent of these. Both the Israelis and um, their access to American technology is giving them the ability to do it to fly these particular types of drones. Uh, Hamas wouldn't have access to it. Yeah, and just by the way, I mean, uh, you know, our audience is largely American, as you well know, uh, and there's a sense that, uh, yes, great American technology, but i got to tell you, Israel is cutting edge when it comes to technology. It's it's one of the leading countries in the world, and in fact, the United States buys from Israel. They do. They have a lot of great stuff, and in, in this particular space, the, the, what's interesting is they're, they're about neck and neck in the United States when it comes to some of these. They're a bit more aggressive because of their potential threats right now and also um, the type of threat that they're dealing with. But, yeah, they're definitely uh, very capable. Yeah, like off the chart. And so no question about it. Um, some final, final takeaways. I, I know I uh, really got focused on this particular topic versus Israel, but there's other dimensions I know you wanted to talk about. Why don't you uh, focus on those as we begin to wrap it up? So the yeah. – um, yeah, the 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 other aspect for drones as a first responder, the the benefit there is when it comes to um, not just on the military side, but for the police side, um, you're going to see uh, that there was new technology that's come out recently in the United States from from a company called Skydio, and they recent last month they presented their new drone called the X10, and that drone has the ability to fly off of 5G, meaning. You could be anywhere in the world and you could have that drone placed on the ground and you could have it manually flown from somebody, somewhere else, somewhere entirely in the planet, and they could be supporting police when it comes to identifying potential threats or doing police chases. And then the police officers themselves don't even need to be touching the drone. The drone can be flying and doing its entire mission without humans actually having an interaction with it at all. And, and so in that particular case, we're seeing new technology allowing police officers as well as firefighters be able to identify what a particular threat is or a particular dangerous situation, really gain situational awareness so that they don't have to put themselves at risk. And then more importantly, they're going to be able to put, they're going to put less um, civilians at risk because they really understand the context and they don't need to come in 
um, as aggressively as they may have in the past to protect themselves because they know what the, the threat really is. And this is really going to be changing the way that we do things domestically. Yeah, very interesting. And I can see applications for uh, fire as well, uh, fire departments. I mean, I, I think it's endless, really, what uh, what the potentials are when it comes to this. J.L. Hancock, J.L. Hancock, we love having you on the program. His website, website I can't talk. It must be Monday. <laughs> JLHancock.com. Always love having him on. One of those people we get a lot of feedback on. You definitely want to check out his uh, his new release, uh, the Hawk Enigma. Make sure you check that out, plus all the other great things uh, at his website. If you're a big fan of uh, Clancy's work, you're going to be a big fan of what uh, Jim's doing over there uh, at his website, jlhancock.com. Always enjoy having you on. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm Kevin Price. This is nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more after this.